Now let's explore situationen that might shock, disappoint or discourage you. To shock is another Iren verb so you can work it out as Ja, schockieren. Shocking is schockierend. That's S-C-H-O-C-K-I-E-R-E-N-D. Just add a D onto the whole verb to give you that English ing ending. Now, diving into the past and using der horror film, how would you say, the horror film really shocked me? Der horror film hat mich wirklich schockiert. Der Horrorfilm hat mich wirklich schockiert. Let's now add, I thought that the film was truly disappointing. To disappoint is enttäuschen. E-N-T-T-A-Umlaut U-S-C-H-E-N So disappointing will be enttäuschend with a D. Gut. But the diving form is enttäuscht, with a T. No ge necessary up front, with all verbs starting with ent. The diving form of denken is a really bad guy. Remember gedacht. So firstly, I thought... Ich habe gedacht... Ich habe gedacht... Okay, keeping enttäuschend in mind, how would you say that the film was truly disappointing. That, das, triggers a vile situation, so in German we'll say that the film really disappointing was. Dass der Film echt enttäuschend war. Dass der Film echt enttäuschend war. Now putting that together, I thought that the film was truly disappointing. Ich habe gedacht, dass der Film echt enttäuschend war. Ich habe gedacht, dass der Film echt enttäuschend war. You know, this ent sometimes runs parallel to the English dis. As you may recall, Michelle Thomas taught us entdecken, which means to discover. Now here's a really nice example of German word building in action and even parallel thinking. Courage is der Mut. Mutig is courageous, that's M-U-T-I-G, mutig. Ermutigen is to encourage. So how do you think you say to discourage? Entmutigen. Gut, entmutigen. Julia, try this group of words now. Courage, courageous, to encourage, to discourage. Mut, mutig, ermutigen, entmutigen. And now it's your turn. Mut, mutig, ermutigen, entmutigen. Great to be able to pick up so much vocabulary thanks to one tiny courageous word, mut, courage. Now you know, der Fehler is a mistake. Capital F-E-H-L-E-R. Think failure. All words ending in ER remain the same in the plural, so the mistakes are die Fehler. Now, let's use entmutigen to say mistakes should never discourage you. But first, what's that should handle? Sollen. And here we need sollten. Never is nie, so let's use the formal Z first. 
Bearing in mind the German word order, you'll say, Mistakes should you never discourage. Fehler sollten Sie nie entmutigen. Fehler sollten Sie nie entmutigen. Good. What if Julius said this to Julia? Fehler sollten dich nie entmutigen, Julia. Fehler sollten dich nie entmutigen, Julia. Bravo, das stimmt auch, Julia. That's right. Now, remembering that handy trick when you add a D onto the full verb to give it that ing ending, what is encouraging? Ermutigend. And recalling the word Erfolg, how would you say, success is encouraging and motivating? Erfolg ist ermutigend und motivierend. So true. Did you work that motivierend out? Leicht, nicht? In his language builder, Michel Thomas introduced us to the verb to surprise, überraschen. Think of something rushing quickly over you and thereby surprising you. In fact, rush, think of the English word rash, is the same as schnell, quickly. So if überraschen is to surprise, surprising will be überraschend. Listen to where the stress falls on überraschen. Not at the beginning, so this is not a separable verb. What's more, verbs starting with über don't require a ge in the diving past tense. Try, it didn't surprise me that he complained about it. First, it didn't surprise me or it hasn't surprised me. Es hat mich nicht überrascht. Genau, es hat mich nicht überrascht. That he complained about it. To complain is the reflexive verb sich beklagen. That's B-E-K-L-A-G-E-N. Remember that in the diving past tense, verbs beginning with be don't have a G-E at the beginning either. So let's first work out he complained about it. Er hat sich darüber beklagt. Er hat sich darüber beklagt. Did you get it about darüber? Good. Now let's link both parts using das, remembering how das sends hat to the end of the sentence. Go for it. It didn't surprise me that he complained about it. Es hat mich nicht überrascht, dass er sich darüber beklagt hat. Es hat mich nicht überrascht, dass er sich darüber beklagt hat. Bravo, well done. When complaining, you may need some vocabulary to express anger. To be cross or angry is böse sein. That's B-O-Umlaut-S-E. Boom, that word, böse. It's a great word and really sounds like its meaning. So how would you say, Yet again, Franz comes too late. I'm so cross about it. Remember, if you start with yet again, schon wieder, your verb must be the second idea. Schon wieder kommt Franz zu spät. Ich bin so böse darüber. Schon wieder kommt Franz zu spät. Ich bin so böse darüber. Be aware, though, that böse also implies nasty, mean and even wicked. Now, wütend, meaning furious, is a step up from böse. So let's add, his lack of punctuality makes me furious. 
Remember that feminine kite word made from pünktlich? Hooking un onto it to make it a negative quality, how would you say his lack of punctuality? Seine Unpünktlichkeit. And now, using machen and recalling wütend, his lack of punctuality makes me furious. Seine Unpünktlichkeit macht mich wütend. Seine Unpünktlichkeit macht mich wütend. Poor Franz never gets things right, as you'll soon see. Let me first explain, though. Mich means me, but as you know, to me is... Mir. And if you want to say with me... Mit mir. Could you now work out with you when talking to a close friend? Mit dir. Genau. And while we're talking about it, with him is mit ihm, that's I-H-M, and with her is mit ihr, I-H-R. So, just for fun, using gern, let's try. Franz likes to dance with her. Franz tanzt gern mit ihr. Franz tanzt gern mit ihr. And if to flirt is flirten, how about... And Paula always likes to flirt with him. Und Paula flirtet immer gern mit ihm. Prima. Now, but Franz is furious. Aber Franz ist wütend. Aber Franz ist wütend, because she won't go out with him. Now, aus is out. So, can you work out the whole verb for to go out? Ausgehen, yes. Good. Now take your time to think through what that word won't really means in won't go out with him. You need what Michelle Thomas called heightened awareness of your own language. So, once again, because she won't go out with him? Weil sie mit ihm nicht ausgehen will. Weil sie mit ihm nicht ausgehen will. Did you get that won't, meaning will not in the sense of doesn't want to, sie will nicht. This was a vile situation, so will had to go to the end giving you because she, with him, not go out once. Weil sie mit ihm nicht ausgehen will. A tough one, that. Der arme Franz. Poor Franz, indeed. Let's just tidy up a bit. How would you say with us? Mit uns. And with you, when you're being formal and polite? Mit ihnen. With you. And mit ihnen, with a small i, means with them. Okay, here's a word to prepare you for that embarrassing situation. Peinlich is embarrassing. That's P-E-I-N-L-I-C-H. You won't forget it when you realize that die Pein means agony, suffering in German, very close to the English pain. So how would you say an embarrassing situation? Eine peinliche Situation. So let's try, I was so embarrassed. But we'll have to rephrase that as a German would say, it was to me so embarrassing. Es war mir so peinlich. 
Es war mir so peinlich. Good. Now let's add, I had forgotten to leave a tip for the waiter. A tip for the waiter is ein Trinkgeld für den Kellner. Trinkgeld. Can you translate that literally? Yes, drink money. Okay, if to forget is forgessen and there's no change in the diving part, how would you say, I had forgotten? Ich hatte vergessen. And now, as I had forgotten? Da ich vergessen hatte? Now, to leave a tip for the waiter in German is to leave behind, hinterlassen, a tip for the waiter. And remember to put zu hinterlassen at the end. Ein Trinkgeld für den Kellner zu hinterlassen. Ein Trinkgeld für den Kellner zu hinterlassen. By the way, after für, der changes to den, für den Kellner. I'll return to that in a moment. First, be brave and link all those embarrassing parts. To remind you of the word order, you'll say, it was to me so embarrassing. As I forgotten had, a tip for the waiter to behind leave. Es war mir so peinlich, da ich vergessen hatte, ein Trinkgeld für den Kellner zu hinterlassen. Es war mir so peinlich, da ich vergessen hatte, ein Trinkgeld für den Kellner zu hinterlassen. Wow, das war super. If you even made just a stab at that, no need for any embarrassment where your German is concerned. After all, mistakes really don't matter. It's the fact that you've tried and made yourself understood that matters. So tell your friends, practice makes perfect, or literally, as the Germans say, practice makes the master. So if practice is Übung and remembering the word for master, Meister, work out how you would say, practice makes the master. Übung macht den Meister. Practice makes perfect. And as der Meister is the victim of the verb machen, der must change to den. Übung macht den Meister. That brings me back to the other Dane we just met. The tip für den Kellner. Well, just as with our mit von zu situation, which triggers the change of der and das to dem, so für, meaning for, triggers a change in der. Der to den, but only for der words. You can use für in front of das and die words, but they will not register any change, apart from für das occasionally being shortened to fürs. Okay, moving on. Michelle Thomas presented lots of expressions based around those heavy-duty verbs haben and sein. Let's see what we can do to get even more out of them. They're great value for money and really earn their keep. How would you say, I have no time to buy it? Ich habe keine Zeit, es zu kaufen. Ich habe keine Zeit, es zu kaufen. Schade. Pity. Now try using do. Have you time to get the shopping for me? For to get, use besorgen. A good general word for acquiring things or getting things done. From Einkaufen to shop, literally to buy in, we get die Einkäufe, 
the shopping, literally the buying in things, the Einkäufe. So once again, have you time to get the shopping for me? Hast du Zeit, die Einkäufe für mich zu besorgen? Hast du Zeit, die Einkäufe für mich zu besorgen? What about, I would have the time, but I haven't a clue where to go. Let's split that up. I would have the time. Ich hätte die Zeit. Ich hätte die Zeit. Now, do you remember the word Ahnung from the first segment, which we made from Ahnen to have a hunch? The expression for I haven't a clue, or in German I have no clue, is Ich habe keine Ahnung. So let's say I would have the time, but I have no clue. Ich hätte die Zeit, aber ich habe keine Ahnung. And to complete it, we need where to go. Now let's think about where to go. This is really shorthand for to where I should go. So if wo is where, what is to where or where to? Wohin. Now, to where I should go. Should is that useful handle soll. So, where I should go to. Wohin ich gehen soll. And putting all three parts together again. I would have the time, but I haven't a clue where I should go to. Ich hätte die Zeit, aber ich habe keine Ahnung, wohin ich gehen soll. Ich hätte die Zeit, aber ich habe keine Ahnung, wohin ich gehen soll. Super. In English you say you are hungry and thirsty, but in German there are two ways of saying this. Either you have hunger, der Hunger, and it's even spelt the same way, or you are hungry, hungrig, H-U-N-G-R-I-G. It's the same for thirst, der Durst, or thirsty, which you can work out is Durstig. Genau, durstig. Okay, you ask, what is there to eat? And say, I'm famished. Let's start with, what is there to eat? Was gibst du essen? Now, I'm famished, which is literally, I have a hunger of bears, Bärenhunger. Be sure to change the masculine ein to einen, because Bärenhunger is the victim of the verb haben. So, I'm famished. Ich habe einen Bärenhunger. Gut gemacht. What about, I have an enormous thirst. Riesig, R-I-E-S-I-G, is enormous. No surprise that der Riese is a giant then. Remember that the thirst is the victim of the verb and to make riesig agreeable. Once again, I have an enormous thirst. Ich habe einen riesigen Durst. Ich habe einen riesigen Durst. Gut. Hooking fair right onto the front of certain verbs intensifies the meaning. Hooked onto hungern, to go hungry, to starve. Verhungern means to die of hunger. Can you now work out how to say to die of thirst? Verdursten. Genau, verdursten. Now say to Julius, 
I will die of thirst. Ich werde verdursten. Ich werde verdursten. If I don't get a large lager. A large lager is ein großes helles. And if is wenn and triggers that vile situation. So, ich werde verdursten, if I don't get a large lager. Wenn ich kein großes helles bekomme. Genau. Ich werde verdursten, wenn ich kein großes helles bekomme. That busy verb haben is also at the core of to be lucky, Glück haben, literally to have luck. And its opposite, Pech haben, to have bad luck. Pech in German is in fact black pitch, and getting stuck in oily tar is hard luck indeed. So it won't surprise you that Pech gehabt means hard luck. Julius can't buy Julia that lager, so try Hard luck, Julia, I still have to finish working here. Pech gehabt, Julia. Ich muss hier noch arbeiten. Now, using the do form and verloren for lost, how would you say, what? You've lost your student card and your passport? Hard luck. Let's start with what you've lost. Was? Du hast verloren? Gut. Now, identity papers in general are die Ausweispapiere. Der Ausweis, that's capital A-U-S-W-E-I-S, is the identity part. And Papiere, clearly the papers, the documents. Now, put Studenten in front of Ausweis and you have der Studentenausweis, the student card. Der Pass is the passport. Think it out now. Both are dare words. So how would you say to Julius, what? You've lost your student card and your passport? Remember, der changes to dein, your. But not only that, there will be an additional change given that der Studentenausweis and der Pass are both victims of the verb verlieren. Was? Du hast deinen Studentenausweis und deinen Pass verloren? Was? Du hast deinen Studentenausweis und deinen Pass verloren? Did you remember to change dein to deinen? Well done if you did. But don't worry if you didn't, you'll still have been understood. Now, keeping in mind Pech gehabt, let's put that back together. What? You've lost your student card and your passport? Hard luck. Was? Du hast deinen Studentenausweis und deinen Pass verloren? Pech gehabt. Was? Du hast deinen Studentenausweis und deinen Pass verloren? Pech gehabt. Let's please solve this lost ID problem. Okay, using lösen, which means to solve, it's a regular good guy in the past, try problem solved. Problem gelöst. Problem gelöst. Gott sei Dank. Thank goodness. Wieso? How so? How would you say, I found it in the suitcase? What luck! Firstly, what's the diving past of finden? Gefunden. So remembering der Koffer for suitcase and that in the for der words becomes in dem or im, try I found it in the suitcase. 
Ich hab's im Koffer gefunden. Ich hab's im Koffer gefunden. Remember, you can shorten ich habe es to ich hab's. Finally, substituting Glück for Pech, how would you say what luck? Glück gehabt. Glück gehabt, richtig. And putting it all together, problem solved, I found it in the suitcase, what luck. Problem gelöst. Ich hab's im Koffer gefunden. Glück gehabt. Just a few more phrases with haben, as they're so easy to use. Michelle Thomas taught you that sich Sorgen machen is to worry, literally to make worries for yourself. But to have worries will simply be... Sorgen haben. Ja, Sorgen haben. Either or in German is very simply entweder oder wrapped around the options, just as in English. Entweder, E-N-T-W-E-D-E-R, oder, O-D-E-R. So how would you say, all people have either big worries or little worries? Alle Leute haben entweder große Sorgen oder kleine Sorgen. Alle Leute haben entweder große Sorgen oder kleine Sorgen. Leider. Unfortunately. The mood is die Laune. In English you can be in either a good mood or a bad mood, but in German you have either good or bad mood. So try and work out to be in either a good or a bad mood. Entweder gute oder schlechte Laune haben. Entweder gute oder schlechte Laune haben. Michelle Thomas also taught us to be frightened, or literally to have fear, which is Angst haben. Genau. Angst haben. Now there's a word. Angst. One we've adopted in English. We also say to be frightened of, but in German it's Angst haben vor. So how would you say, I have a huge fear of spiders and snakes? Let's break that down. The verb spinnen is your clue to the German word for spiders. Spinnen means to spin. No surprises there. And which insect spins? Of course, spiders spin. Spinnen, spinnen. Now back to our sentence. I have a huge, riesig fear of spiders. Remember to make riesig agreeable. So, huge fear? Riesige Angst. A huge fear of spiders? Riesige Angst vor Spinnen. Now let's try the complete sentence. I have a huge fear of spiders and snakes. Snakes are Schlangen. Ich habe riesige Angst vor Spinnen und Schlangen. But don't worry, there are no snakes around if you hear this. Vor dem Kino bitte Schlange stehen und warten. In front of the cinema, vor dem Kino, Please queue and wait. Bitte Schlange stehen und warten. Yes, Schlange stehen, to queue. Lines often snake around, right? Now, if you are right about something, you have right in German. Right is Recht, capital R-E-C-H-T, right. 
So how would you say to be right or literally to have right? Du hast recht. You're right. Recht haben. Now using the polite Z form, how would you say this? You're right. I'm to blame for it. First, you are right. Sie haben recht. Sie haben recht. If you are to blame for something, you say to have the fault, the guilt. Schuld haben an. Schuld is capital S-C-H-U-L-D. Remembering for it is daran. Try, I am to blame for it. Ich habe die Schuld daran. Ich habe die Schuld daran. But you'll more frequently hear the shorter, meine Schuld, my fault. That word Schuld is also buried inside Entschuldigung, meaning I'm sorry. Remember Ent, meaning dis, to take away the blame, disculpate, as Michelle Thomas said. He also mentioned die Gewohnheit haben, to have the habit, die Gewohnheit, to be accustomed to doing something. From Gewohnheit you get gewöhnlich, usually, normally. So how would you say, I usually spend the evening at home reading, or literally in German, I have the habit, in the evenings, at home to read. In the evening, or evenings, is abends. Do pronounce the S clearly. So I have the habit, in the evenings. Ich habe die Gewohnheit, abends. Ich habe die Gewohnheit, abends, of reading at home. Again, ignore the English ing expression and use zu plus the full verb, once again, of reading at home. Zu Hause zu lesen. Zu Hause zu lesen. And putting that together, starting with abends, in the evenings I have the habit of reading at home. Abends habe ich die Gewohnheit, zu Hause zu lesen. Abends habe ich die Gewohnheit, zu Hause zu lesen. Did you remember that your verb needs to be the second idea? Here's another handy expression using haben. Die Absicht haben means to have the intention of. How would you say, I always intend to leave the house at nine o'clock in the morning, but I'm normally late. To leave the house is das Haus verlassen. Let's start with, I always intend. Ich habe immer die Absicht. To leave the house at nine o'clock in the morning. If abends is in the evening or evenings, work out the German for in the morning or mornings. Morgens. Gut. At nine o'clock is um neun Uhr. Now think it through. To leave the house at nine o'clock in the morning. Time before place. Morgens um neun Uhr das Haus zu verlassen. Ich habe immer die Absicht, morgens um neun Uhr das Haus zu verlassen. Gut gemacht. And finally, but normally I'm late. Can you recall the German for usually, normally? Gewöhnlich. So, thinking of the word order, back to our final part, but normally I'm late. 
In German, you say late for it, i.e. late for leaving the house, spät daran. So try, but normally I'm late for it. Aber gewöhnlich bin ich spät daran. Aber gewöhnlich bin ich spät daran. Let's hear that once more. I always intend to leave the house at nine o'clock in the morning, but I'm normally late for it. Ich habe immer die Absicht, morgens um neun Uhr das Haus zu verlassen, aber gewöhnlich bin ich spät daran. Let's leave these Harbin expressions for a moment and look at how to tell the time. Firstly, you need to know that an hour is eine Stunde. This also means a school lesson. But let's stick with time and to be sure of your numbers up to 24, you can always consult the user guide. To ask the time, you literally say, how many clock is it? Which sounds quite strange. The word for how many is wie viel and clock is uhr. So how would you ask what time is it? Literally, how many clock is it? Wie viel Uhr ist das? Remember, Michelle Thomas taught us an alternative, easier way. Do you remember how to ask, how late is it? Wie spät ist es? Richtig. Now, although the word Uhr can mean a small watch, bigger clocks, even a parking meter, when you're talking about the time, it means o'clock. So using really, wirklich, and already, schon, ask, is it really already 11 o'clock? Ist es wirklich schon 11 Uhr? Ist es wirklich schon 11 Uhr? Prima! Did you like that little elf for 11? Thought so. Now, to say what the time is on the hour, you just say, it is, then the number, and then Uhr. How would you say, three o'clock? Es ist drei Uhr. Did you get that? Es ist drei Uhr. Now, quarter is viertel. Did you hear the fear in there? To say quarter past, you would say quarter after. After is nach. So how would you say quarter past? Viertel nach. Now quarter two is viertel vor, quarter before. If at is um, how would you say speaking formally? You must arrive at quarter to six, but I will arrive at quarter past five. Let's break it down. Start with, you must arrive at quarter to six. Sie müssen um Viertel vor sechs ankommen. Now for the second part, but I will arrive at quarter past five. Remember to use the Werde handle and the whole verb, the full verb, for the future tense. Aber ich werde um Viertel nach fünf ankommen. Aber ich werde um Viertel nach fünf ankommen. Now let's link the two parts. You must arrive at quarter to six, but I will arrive at quarter past five. Sie müssen um Viertel vor sechs ankommen, aber ich werde um Viertel nach fünf ankommen. For half past the hour, Germans say half before the next hour. But they don't say before. You just have to remember that this is what it means. Let's try a few. How would a German say, 
It's half past ten. Es ist halb elf. Es ist halb elf. It's half eleven, meaning half before eleven, i.e. half past ten. Okay, another one. How would you say it's half past seven? Es ist halb acht. Okay, did you get that? It is half before eight, meaning half past seven. Now, for the other times, you just say the number of minutes with the word for minutes, minuten, then nach for past, or for for two. So, how would you say it's ten minutes past two? Es ist zehn Minuten nach zwei. Okay. And one last one at twenty to nine. Um zwanzig vor neun. Um zwanzig vor neun. At twenty to nine. You are now ready to fix an appointment. Einen Termin ausmachen. Think of to determine a date. Einen Termin ausmachen. If you want to ask at what time should we meet, you'll need the reflexive verb sich treffen, to meet one another. So, at what time would be? Um wie viel Uhr? Richtig, um wie viel Uhr? If sich treffen is reflexive, it follows that when you say we meet, you're actually saying we meet each other. And here you use uns. So, we meet each other is now? Wir treffen uns. Ja, wir treffen uns. And if it's a question, do we meet? Treffen wir uns? Treffen wir uns? Now think of the word order and ask, at what time do we meet? Um wie viel Uhr treffen wir uns? Um wie viel Uhr treffen wir uns? What about, at what time should we meet? Um wie viel Uhr sollen wir uns treffen? Um wie viel Uhr sollen wir uns treffen? And at what time can we meet? Um wie viel Uhr können wir uns treffen? And just to make sure, at what time do we want to meet? Um wie viel Uhr wollen wir uns treffen? And one last one, at what time will we meet? Um wie viel Uhr werden wir uns treffen? Richtig. Um wie viel Uhr werden wir uns treffen? You've got it. Returning now to one last Harben expression. It is really handy to know how to say there's no point or literally it has or it makes no sense. The German word for point or sense is Sinn. Capital S-I-N-N. So to say there's no point, you literally say it has no sense. Have a go remembering that Sinn is masculine and the victim of the verb. So again, there's no point. Es hat keinen Sinn. Did you remember the en ending on keinen? Kein, just like ein and mein, gains an en when the noun belonging to it is the victim of the verb. After es hat keinen Sinn, you'll use zu and the whole verb. 
So once again, there's no point going there. Remember, we need to say there's no point going to there. Es hat keinen Sinn, dorthin zu gehen. Es hat keinen Sinn, dorthin zu gehen. What about there's no point asking him? Him, when he's the victim of the asking, is ihn. Es hat keinen Sinn, ihn zu fragen. Es hat keinen Sinn, ihn zu fragen. Asking her would be sie zu fragen. Even though sie is the victim of the verb, it doesn't change. And this applies when sie means them and with a big S, the formal you. Recalling mich, me, what about? There's no point asking me. Es hat keinen Sinn, mich zu fragen. And you, when talking to a close friend, is dich. Now imagine Julia says, there's no point asking you. Es hat keinen Sinn, dich zu fragen. Ja, dich zu fragen. Es hat keinen Sinn, dich zu fragen. Warum nicht? Why not? Tell Julia not to disturb you and say that you're busy. The verb meaning to disturb, stören, is a regular good guy. Using the command form for the do person, say, don't disturb me or disturb me not. Stör mich nicht. Stör mich nicht. Don't disturb me. To say, I'm busy, literally, I have things to do, that's just, I have to do in German. Things to do is understood, of course. So how would you say, I have to do? Ich habe zu tun. Ich habe zu tun. I have things to do. I'm busy. Stör mich nicht. Ich habe zu tun. You'll now understand the sign hanging on your hotel door. Bitte nicht stören. Meaning, of course. Please don't disturb. Stören also implies bothering someone. So how would Julia say, It bothers me that you are also never punctual, Julia, like Franz. Starting with, it bothers me. Es stört mich. Es stört mich. Now recalling never is nie or niemals, and punctual is pünktlich, round that off with, that you are also never punctual. Dass du auch nie pünktlich bist. Dass du auch nie pünktlich bist. And putting that together, it bothers me that you are also never punctual, Julia, like Franz. Remember, like is V. Es stört mich, dass du auch nie pünktlich bist, Julia, wie Franz. Es stört mich, dass du auch nie pünktlich bist, Julia. Ja, ja, there is a saying, punctuality is politeness. Recalling the word Unpünktlichkeit, lack of punctuality, and making a feminine kite word from höflich, meaning polite, can you work out how to say punctuality is politeness? Pünktlichkeit ist Höflichkeit. Ja, Pünktlichkeit ist Höflichkeit.